Good morning, Grace Church. Welcome. Super happy to worship with you today. If you turn in your scripture with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, that will be where we're reading. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. As it is the first week of the month, it is uh, the week that we celebrate communion, which is a joy, but we also get to celebrate baptisms today, so we're really excited about that, and this passage has something to do with that. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 3, if you'd read with me. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? God, thank you for what Andrew prayed for, for your son, Jesus Christ, and all that means for us, God. We, are, we should be in awe constantly over the fact that our God loves us in this way. Please cause our hearts to be moved by this message. We pray, Lord, uh, that you would be um, surrounding this service uh, with your presence and that our hearts would be soft, that you would use Paul to preach to our hearts, God, that we would enjoy communion together, that we'd rejoice in, in, in baptism, and that we would leave changed in some way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You ready? Because ready or not, here it comes. Uh, Next week, we are looking forward to beginning our Christmas series. Uh, But today, I I think we have a real treat together. Uh, Not only are we going to be celebrating communion today, which is our joy and privilege on the first Sunday of every month, but um, we will also be celebrating two baptisms today. And the next week, we're going to celebrate uh, uh, another two. Baptisms and and communion are two very special events or sacraments which God designed to be a privilege and great opportunity for churches not only to celebrate His goodness and His grace and His power in our lives, but they're an opportunity to specifically remember and to honor the person and work of Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. Now, we talk about the meaning of communion um, each month, so I thought I would do something a little bit different today. I I thought I would take just a few minutes this morning to do a short teaching on the basics of baptism. Uh, Baptism can be a confusing topic because churches perform them in all different kinds of ways. Some churches baptize infants, and others, like ours, uh, only baptize after a person has begun a relationship with Jesus. We call this believer's baptism. Some churches sprinkle water on a person. Others pour it over a person with a pitcher. Uh, At ours, we submerge people in water. So some dunk, some dip some douse, and some dribble. 
one way or another, everybody ends up getting wet, but, but why does baptism even matter in, in the first place? So today, what I want to do is I want to think about baptism here at Grace Church. What do we teach? What do we think about baptism? And what I'm going to cover, again, in a, in a relatively short time, is the what, why, how, where, and when of baptism. I want to think about what baptism is all about, why a person should be baptized, how a person should be baptized, where a person should be baptized, and finally, when should a person be baptized? So, so what is baptism all about? What is the big deal about baptism? Why is baptism an event to be celebrated? Well, I want you to think for a minute about uh, attending a play. Maybe, maybe you've attended a play uh, recently at a school, or maybe you went to New York, and, and you saw a major play on, on Broadway. When you watch a play, what's happening is that the words that are on the script are being acted out in front of you. And the experience of seeing and hearing brings the words on the page to life in a way that can be very meaningful and powerful. And, and likewise, when we watch a baptism, a truth that we normally experience through words is being physically demonstrated for us through actions and participation. So each Sunday, when usually Devin or I come up to preach, you get to hear us talk about the gospel. But when we celebrate a baptism, you get to see the gospel acted out. So baptism is designed to be a visual declaration of, of the truths that, that Jesus taught, the life that he lived, the work that he did. So, so if the Bible is a book that tells us about what Jesus Christ has done, then you can think of ba a baptism as a little scene from a movie. It, it's meant to show us visually. And, and what is it that baptism illustrates exactly? Well, if you think about the words that we just read, that Devin read for us from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Maybe, Josh, if you could put those back on the screen. This passage tells us that Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross in accordance with the Scriptures. And that after that, he was what? He was buried. And, and uh, as the passage goes on, we, we recognize that on the third day, again, in accordance with the scriptures, Jesus Christ was raised again from the dead. And he appeared to, at, at the count of, of that scripture, at least 513 people, if you do the math there. When a person is briefly dipped under the water in baptism, it's meant to illustrate that reality right there. As they're lowered down, the water imaginatively illustrates the soil of the earth covering them. And it's an image that's meant to represent the death and burial of Jesus Christ. The gospel promises us that because of the great love of God, even though every one of us deserves the penalty of death because of our sins, that Jesus Christ came to receive death on our behalf. He, he died the death that we deserve to die. However, the scripture goes on to tell us that after that, the most amazing thing that has ever happened in history occurred. Jesus Christ did not stay dead. 
Of all of the miracles that Jesus ever performed, his resurrection was his greatest miracle. Because it was there that Jesus proved not only that he was an acceptable sacrifice for our sins, but that also he has the power to conquer death. He rose again in glory. And baptism illustrates in such a dramatic way the death, burial, and resurrection of of Jesus Christ. However, it also illustrates something else. It illustrates for the person who is being baptized their own death to sin and new life in Christ. What it's meant to represent symbolically is that they too have been cleansed from all of their guilt in shame, and are lifted up with Christ to walk in the newness of eternal life. Now, Romans chapter 6, verse 4 says it perfectly. It says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And that's the hope and joy that we have as believers. So baptism not only pictures the gospel, but it also represents a believer's own identification with Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, there's there's something very important that I want to make sure everybody understands, and I really want to underline this. Baptism does not save a person. Okay? In fact, baptism is not even necessary for salvation. Now, I don't want to minimize the importance of baptism in any way because baptism is very important. However, Ephesians chapter 2 makes it crystal clear that we are saved not by any work that we could ever do. We are not saved by works. If baptism is a part of how we're saved, then baptism is a work. But Paul says that we are saved only by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So instead, what baptism is, is it's meant to be an outward symbol or a visible declaration that a person has already trusted the gospel. And what they're doing when they, when they come up front is they are publicly identifying themselves as a Christ follower and expressing their desire to do their best to live a life of joyful faith and obedience to God. And that's essentially what baptism is all about. But why should a person be baptized? Why would anybody ever want to do what's what's going to happen this morning? Well, there's two primary reasons. The first reason why we should be baptized is to follow the example of Christ. Jesus Christ doesn't ask us to do something that he's unwilling to do himself. And so when we're baptized, we are walking in the footsteps of Christ. But secondly, we are baptized to follow the command of Christ. This is something that Jesus tells his followers that that they are to do. Now, why? Why would Jesus actually command believers to be baptized? Well, I, I think the reason is that he knows how good it will be for us and how important it will be for other people. Um, Baptism is part of how God grows us and and matures us. It's part of our sanctification in Christ. It's one of the ways that God conforms us to his image. 
And so if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, baptism is very important for your spiritual growth. And God will use it in some meaningful way in your life. But it's not just good for you. Baptism is also very good and important for the church collectively. We all benefit from watching a baptism, as I'm excited to see in just a few moments. And so we ought to participate in baptism, not just because we have to or ought to, but because we get to. Because it's a privilege and joy that in some mysterious way, God wants to use to bless us and to bless other people, and it it contributes deeply to our faith. Well, that's why a person should be baptized, but how should a person be baptized? Well, at, at our church, we practice immersion for three different reasons that I'm just going to mention very briefly. One, because the Greek word that's used for baptism literally means to plunge, submerge, or immerse. If you look up the definition of the word, it seems to point towards immersion. Second of all, because every baptism that that is described in the Bible, if you read all of those passages, all of them seem to occur through immersion. And then finally, because immersion seems to best symbolize the death, burial, and resurrection of of Jesus Christ. That's how it's acted out most um, symbolically and, and dramatically. Now, obviously, a lot more could be said about that, but the long and short of it is that at Grace Church, we dunk people. And and in case you're wondering, yes, the water is very nice and warm. It's like bath water. And no, we promise never to hold anyone under longer than just a second. Never happened. Where should a person be baptized? Well, it is our preference as a church to to perform baptisms together as a part of a church service. Now, the scripture doesn't tell us that we have to do that. It doesn't tell us that it has to happen in this room with these people here. But we generally encourage it because if somebody gets baptized, let's say they're on a vacation to Israel and they get baptized in the Red Sea. That is a really cool experience, right, for somebody to do something like that. The only problem is the church doesn't get there to the church isn't there to witness it. Now maybe the person can take video and they can take pictures and they can come and tell us about it. All of that would be great, and I hope they would do that. But it's it's not the same. We we should remember that baptisms are designed to bless not just the individual but everyone who is in attendance at that baptism. They they help people that are spiritually seeking to understand what the gospel is all about. And and for the believers who are in the room, it's a little bit like when a married person attends a wedding ceremony. And, and, And they sit and they see a couple being married and they have an opportunity to reflect back to their own wedding ceremony and and their own uh, marriage. Baptisms give those of us who have trusted Christ a long time ago just this awesome opportunity to remember when Christ found us and what he's done in our life too and to encourage us in our faith. Well, finally, I want to cover when should a person 
be baptized. Well, our practice is to baptize those who are high school age and above, generally speaking, as soon as possible after they've trusted Christ. Now, there might be a good reason why a person would delay their baptism, but but waiting, I think, should be the exception to the rule. Uh, In every account we have of somebody being baptized in Scripture, it it seems to have happened right away after they trusted Christ. Now, if you have been a Christian for a long time and you haven't been baptized yet, there is absolutely no need for you to beat yourself up, okay? I, I don't want that to happen this morning. However, I do want to encourage you to consider being baptized as soon as possible. And I believe that there are generally two reasons why people wait after they've trusted Christ to be baptized. I just want to address this morning that are very common reasons for waiting. The first is that they're intimidated to get up and talk in front of people. And who can blame them, right? On top of that, when they're done talking, someone's going to dunk them underwater, right? So, so it's a very uncomfortable experience in some ways for both people, for all people. But, but let, me, um, let me let you in on a little secret. Every single person is nervous to be baptized. I, I've never met anyone who wasn't nervous to get, get uh, baptized. So if, if, if you're nervous about it, it's not just you. And and I would hope that you would know that as leaders, we get that, and we do everything that we can to help make a person feel as comfortable as possible. That's why some people that are baptized, they they speak more than other people do. Everybody's different. Some people are, are, are able to do that more easily than others. Some people choose to read a little bit about their uh, experience of, of faith in Christ. Some people record it on video. And, and I, I always tell people, listen, if you freeze up or if you say something dumb, don't worry. The person who is baptizing you is there to cover for you. We, we've got your back in that. We, we want you to succeed as you're in front of the church because we know it's scary. And that can be helpful, I know, but, but it can still be very intimidating to, to be baptized. However, I want to say this. I think this is so important. Part of our spiritual growth involves learning to overcome the natural fear that every one of us have to speak about Christ and learning to be more public with our faith. That's something all of us struggle with. And baptism is such a great way to practice that in a safe environment and and to gain a greater sense of spiritual confidence. That's part of what baptism is all about. And and for me, every time I baptize a person, we, we stand backstage right there before we head into the baptistry, and, and, and every time that I can remember, I, I always pray with a person and, and I say something like this. I say, listen, I just want to remind you, you have absolutely no reason to be nervous about what you're about to do because the people on the other side of this wall are not looking to pick apart what you say. They're behind you. They're rooting for you. They are delighted to celebrate this moment with you. 
And today, this morning, I could not be more proud and excited for the two young people that are going to get baptized today, Michael and, and, and Tim, and, and next week when we do baptisms as well. And I think that every person in this room recognizes how much courage it takes to do that. And I think that every person in this room is here to, to give our support and encouragement you know, I, I've baptized many people over the years who have been very nervous. Some people are nervous, and then other people are really nervous. But I have never seen a single person who, when they sprang up out of the water and the congregation erupted in cheering and celebration, I've never seen a person who didn't have a big grin on their face or tears in their eyes. I've never had anyone ever tell me, you know what? It wasn't worth it. I wish I hadn't done that. If you trust the Lord through that nervousness in faith, I really believe that you will find great joy on the other side. And if you don't do that, I think you will miss out on such a significant event in, in your life. Now, the second other big reason that people sometimes delay baptism is that they don't feel that they're good enough yet for it. I think that's a big one. And if that happens to be you, I've got some bad news for you, and I've got some good news for you. The bad news is, you are absolutely right. You are never going to be good enough for it. And that's because nobody is. In fact, nobody even comes close. Bless you. But the good news is that our right to be anchored, excuse me, our right to be baptized is anchored not in our own righteousness, but in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So, so uh, Jesus, we, we are not welcomed into the waters of baptism because of who we are, but because of who we know. So baptism is not a person saying, look at me, uh, uh, look at where I've gotten to, look at how good I, I am. Instead, what baptism declares is this, it says, don't look at me. <laughs> don't look at me, please don't look at me. Look at Christ. Look at how good he has been to me. Can you believe that Jesus would die and be buried under the ground and rise again for a sinner like me? Let's celebrate. That's what a person says. And actually, that's what we're going to do right now. So let's uh, welcome uh, the guys to come back into the baptistry and let's have some fun. Let's be encouraged in our faith. Let's be deepened in our walk with Christ as we hear the stories of these young men this morning. <laughs>